Okay, here we go. I think we're, there's always a delay when we go live and I'm never sure when it actually starts. So I like to give it just a little bit of a buffer before I get going here. Um, I won't always do this, but I will uh, just because of the topic last week and a bunch of stuff I put out on social. I'll, I'll briefly recap the topic and stuff we talked about last week with uh, with the playoffs. I'd put out a couple polls. I wanted to get some feedback on that and get you some feedback on that as well. Uh, plus some comments, conversations that we've had uh, since the last episode. I just wanted to kind of recap, touch on that, put a bow on that before we start moving on to some stuff, uh, more time-sensitive things that happened over the weekend, uh, players I was watching, took notice of, things like that. So uh, a lot to get into this week. I'll start, like I said, kind of wrapping up the conversation from uh, uh, playoff talk. Got a lot of good responses from people, uh, a couple of DMs from coaches, um, some people sharing their opinions, thoughts. Um, I didn't quite get as passionate of a response as, as I thought about the uh, public, the public private crowd. Uh, they tend to be pretty, pretty outspoken and on social media when it comes to uh, a potential public private split. So a uh, little quiet. We might still be a little early for, for playoff talk too, with, you know, with it being August, almost September now, um, still a ways away from the start of the regular season for high school hockey. And then obviously playoffs. So we're, we're early. I, I re recognize that, but um, so yeah, I, there wasn't as much support for the going to two divisions as I, as I thought. Um, uh, one even suggested adding more divisions as a, as a solution. And I'd really have to think that one through um, what that would look like. They had pitched, I think five divisions total. Um, so I just kind of have to break that down, see what it looks like. But like I said, with the number of teams we've got, I don't know. I, I just really have to think about it, but um, had a couple polls out on social media, 57% disagreed going to two divisions with me on Twitter. Uh, but 61% was in agreement on Instagram. So it's actually kind of balanced there. Uh, but anyway, that, that's uh, another topic for another day, uh, and I'm sure, like I said, as the season wears on and and we continue with this, we'll have more in-depth conversations. Maybe we even get some people on the pod to uh, to discuss and and talk about playoff format and and what changes could be coming or what changes might continue to evolve the playoff system and continue to make it better. So, uh, if you could, if you're not following me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I'm on TikTok. I still got to, I just got to get content to push through, through TikTok so far, but uh, you can follow me on all the major channels uh, here on YouTube, especially be sure to like, and subscribe. Um, and then the podcast as well, Apple podcast, Spotify, it's available there as well. So don't miss any of that. Um, <clears throat> did want to give a quick update. MDHL, I think they're, I think, this weekend might have put them at the halfway point of the season. I think they play 12 regular season games um, and they've played six so far. So a uh, quick update there. Team Black is at the top of the league with a 5-1-0 record. Um, they're led by a whole bunch of CC kids. Uh, Brooks Rogowski, Josh Granowitz, uh, Sebastiano Ivasil. There we go. Um, good trio to have in the fall, obviously will be an even better trio to have in the winter, uh, for coach Cal, obviously, 
Uh, a couple standouts. Cam Duffney leads the league in points. I don't think that's a big surprise. Uh, obviously, he's, he's one of the top returners to high school hockey uh, and one of the big prospects to know. So uh, he's got 15 points through six games. Uh, his team orange teammate, Owen Hall, now not far behind with uh, with 13 of his own. Um, Duffany obviously leads the way in goals. He's got nine. Uh, Rogowski, Granowitz, Brandon Davila out of Chelsea, Peter Sannon, and Bay City's Gunnar Weber uh, are all averaging a goal per game. Uh, Joe Bettles, Jack Miller, Colin Porn, Jacob Van Zweden. Um, some of the top goaltenders to know out of the league so far. Um, don't have a much, don't have much analysis on the league just yet. Um, I haven't gotten to any league action, uh, but we'll certainly be doing that here in the near future, uh, over the coming weeks. And obviously they've got their MDHL showcase on you know, uh, typically October, November ish or duh, October, not November, November, we'd be in season. Um, typically around October. So I'll have that circled on my calendar. Um, their first showcase is coming up, I think in two weeks, they're going out to, uh, to Minnesota for the NAPHL showcase. Uh, that obviously runs, uh, concurrently to the NAHL showcase. Um, I believe they're both going on in the same rink at the same time. Um, kind of marks the start of the NA season and then also an opportunity to scout for next season and, and get a look at some of those youth hockey prospects um, that'll also be in the rink also playing games um, so MDHL kind of an honorary in, invitee <laughs> sorry I'm gonna have to do this real quick there we go fun stuff when you're going live uh, I didn't think the dog would be making an appearance on the pod but there you go um, Anyways, the NA showcase, NAPHL showcase running simultaneously in the same building. Really a great opportunity um, for scouts to get eyes on, on potential prospects, prospects to get in front of uh, NA scouts. Um, it's really a unique opportunity there for the MDHL and, and kids that will be going to represent the league at that event. So, uh, okay. So, this past weekend was the AAA kickoff classic. Um, a lot of Michigan-based teams in attendance. Obviously, it was in Grand Rapids. Um, Fox Motors was, I believe, the host team technically for the for the tournament or not tournament showcase. Um, and that kind of, in my mind, signifies the start of the AAA hockey season. I know it's the last weekend in August. And that's kind of crazy to say, but it's true. So, uh, you know, triple a hockey is going to be in full swing here basically through March. Um, but anyways, yeah. So triple a kickoff classic kind of, uh, the starting point of the season, if you will, 14s, 15s, 16s, and 18s all in attendance. Uh, Fox was in all three age groups. MHA was at the 15s, 16s and 18s. Uh, 14U OJG, 16U VH, 18U Honey Baked. Um, I didn't get to as many games this weekend uh, yet, anyways, um, as I was hoping pre-podcast. Um, like a lot of people in the Metro Detroit area, we were without power basically all weekend. So that was a bit of an uphill battle. And 
access to live bar and access to games and all that stuff. Um, I'm, I'm playing catch up a little bit here, but we'll get into, uh, you know, I was able to peek in on all the MHA teams, got a real good look at the uh, 16s MHA versus VH. Uh, got a good look at that game as well. And uh, a lot of big takeaways from there. A couple players that caught my eye. Um, VH won that game five to one. I watched probably the first half of it or so. Um, and it was, it was a very, uh, uh, interesting matchup, a unique matchup where, uh, I would say possession wise significantly favored VH. VH constantly had possession of the puck, um, and, and controlled a lot of the time, but uh, zone time heavily favored MHA. And I know that's kind of a, uh, a weird thought where one team possessed the puck way more, but the other team uh, was in the offensive zone way more. So um, I'll, I'll try to elaborate or explain that as best I can, where um, a lot of the time was spent in VH's end. It's just VH was still in possession of the puck a lot of the time. And MHA is was implementing a pretty aggressive forecheck that um, that a lot of times was giving VH troubles with trying to break out of the zone or break out of the zone cleanly. But um, you know when VH was able to set up in the offensive zone, they moved the puck very well. They were very efficient, very clean. Um, you know VH in that game in all three zones was just a much cleaner prettier functioning team as a unit, uh, which, which I would kind of expect, right? Um, VH, uh, I believe I counted 11, returned 11 players from last year. So you got a ton of continuity there. Uh, probably I'm going to assume at least a couple weeks worth of practice under their belts by now. So there's, there's continuity, fluidity. You could see semblance of structure and, uh, systems in place, even if it's, um, residual from last season it's going to be more structure and and format than mha is going to bring to the table mha you know with it being kind of that all-star high school team you're getting players from all over the region all over the state who haven't had a whole lot of time to play together so when you have that you tend to play a much simpler style of game which i think is what you saw MHA was quick to get pucks out of their end and quick to get pucks deep in the attacking zone. And then obviously forecheck the piss out of VH um, and applied a lot of, a lot of pressure uh, that doesn't always correlate to um, really good offensive plays or giving goes or cycles uh, down low or some of those really good quality hockey plays that lead to grade a scoring opportunities. Um, so, like I said, that that kind of that type of game might keep the ice tilted in their favor, but it's not generating much success because you kind of need those the prettier plays, the the well executed plays to create offense. Um, conversely, VH was able to connect on a lot of those pretty plays and and um, and and get out of the zone cleaner, uh, regroup through the neutral zone, tape to tape to tape, and then they're back on the attack again. Uh, VH was just a little, was obviously came a little easier to them to, to execute on those clean plays, which ultimately led to offense. So um, like I said, kind of a unique game, kind of a, uh, uh, 
an odd game if you looked at it, like I said, with the ice tilted in MHA's favor, but they'd have all that zone time, but very little possession time or uh, any possession they did have. It was a quick shot on goal and it was a one and done, that type of stuff. So uh, five to one final did feel a lot closer. It actually was, um, you know, pretty good pace, pretty good competition, I thought. Uh, you know, for someone like me, for someone like us around the state, I, you got to feel pretty good about that game as a whole, where um, it's an entire game full of Michigan, high level Michigan hockey prospects. Um, so it's a good, it's a good opportunity. It's kind of a good feather in the cap, I think, for Michigan hockey as a whole. Um, and I love to see the AAA world and the high school world kind of come together there too. It's, it's a unique um competition, um, competitive level that you don't get to see very often. Uh, and, and I would love to see more of it. You know, how do we maybe get those types of teams into the Maha showcase or the, uh, the Maha state playoffs or something like that, that to me would just be, um, very interesting to say the least, uh, because you see games like this where, uh, VH who, Arguably, like, I think they're probably, when it's all said and done by the end of the season, will be the number, will be the top 07 team in the state. Um, so to see MHA, that kind of uh, high school all-star team, skate with, compete with, um, I think shows and, and says a lot. So, uh, so yeah, VH, 07s. I mean, for the last couple of years, it's obviously been Little Caesars. Um, and that 07 group was was out of this world. I've talked about them a bunch, and, and I'm sure most of you listening uh, know them very well as well. Um, but the, some of those usual suspects, Horkoff, Trethaway, Slavic, uh, they're obviously gone, not returning. They're, they're going to play for the NTDP this fall. Uh, plus, you have a handful of other 07s off of that Caesars team. Uh, vying for USHL roster spots over the next couple weeks. Uh, some may make it and continue on their junior path. Some may return to the youth hockey ranks uh, and, and maybe even potentially return to Caesars there. Caesars has added some players at, to the mix as well for the upcoming season. Um, but ultimately that, that 07 Caesars team is going to look a lot different um, today than it did a year ago. Uh, well, I still expect them to be super competitive, a, a very talented team. But um, what what I saw out of VH uh, over the weekend, I liked. I, I think uh, I think they've got some really good pieces. Like I said, they're returning a lot. Uh, they added Tommy Spencer, who was a kid um, that I thought really stood out this weekend. Had a really strong weekend as well. And uh, so yeah, that's my my early on. You know, if we're gonna focus on the AAA circles, I think VH is one that you know. They were already, you know, maybe the number two team in the state last year at that age level. Now at the 16U age level, with all the changes that have happened to these te- to this age group over the last probably three to six months, um, I think VH is in a really good spot to potentially be that number one team in, in the 16U division. So, um, so yeah, and, and, and showed why, again, in that game against MHA too. Like I said, a really good possession team. Did some really, really nice things. Let me see if I can pull my game notes up um, as we're talking here. But um, 
because I just wanted to get into, you know, some of my big takeaways, I guess, from from that game. Uh, a couple players that stood out to me. Obviously, I mentioned Tommy Spencer had a real nice goal, um, clipped it from Live Barn, posted it on social yesterday. Uh, I'll probably do more of that, too, as the season wears on, as I come across some of those really nice plays or, um, you know, a, a pretty line rush or a tic-tac-toe type play. As I kind of come across some of those highlights, I'd, I'd like to do a better job of uh, putting those out on social uh, and giving some guys some love in the process. Um, I do, I do want to clear it up a little bit though. You know, I was, I was going back and forth with someone yesterday about that highlight and, and for every one player's great play, it's another player's bad play or not so great play. Um, you know, I posted it and, and someone was pretty quick to point out the, the mistakes defenders made, whereas I was more highlighting the really impressive offensive play that was made. Um, I'm way more in the business of uh, highlighting, building one kid up as opposed to to cutting someone else down, especially, you know, when we're talking about 15, 16, 17 year old kids. Uh, I, I just way more like to focus on the positives than nitpick some of the negatives uh, with those videos, with uh, players' performances that I come across. You know, I'm really going to do my damnedest not to publicly like nitpick and critique a, a player's game. Um, and and again, maybe not not necessarily that I disagreed with uh, the comments or the responses like, oh, well, the defender could have done this or the defender could have done that. Like, yeah, you're probably right. But ultimately, I'm going to leave that that critique, that coaching moment up to the coach. I'm not going to publicly um, you know, point out what the kid could have done differently or what could have been done differently to avoid giving up a goal or something like that. I'll, I'll leave it in the coach's hands. I will, you know, continue to be out here, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you find me, um, focusing on the positives, the good I see in those videos, um, and maybe try to leave some of that negative stuff behind. So, um, uh, but yeah, it was a really pretty goal. Uh, I posted it on Twitter. It's on Instagram. It's here on YouTube as well. Be sure to check it out. Really nice individual effort by Tommy Spencer. Um, and, and he was, you know, it's a really pretty goal, but there was a lot he did throughout that game that stood out to me well before he scored that goal. Um, and really that had nothing to do with creating offense. Um, just had a really good energy. He was kind of... Uh, constantly moving his feet. Um, I would probably say he was their best or most influential forward, influential player they had all weekend. Um, and definitely a player you'd want in the middle of your lineup. If he's going to play like that, if he's going to have that kind of impact, you desperately want that type of game from your centers. Uh, and they absolutely got that from Spencer, um, you know, positioning, he was supporting the puck well in the D zone, which I love to see out of your centers, uh, positioning well below the goal line, uh, helped on a puck retrieval real quick. You know, a defenseman was tied up, engaged. He's in the right position so he can get to that puck. He gets to that puck quicker. He's able to move it up to the winger. They get out of the zone. Uh, you know, sometimes you can see centers get a little lazy, be even a stride or two away from the puck. So it takes an extra half second to get there. They're late to get there. Uh, Spencer 
really good positioning that allowed him to get to the puck that allowed them to get ultimately get out of his own uh, and, and then go on the attack. So, um, you know, he was just first one up the ice, first one back down the ice, a great individual effort and some of the effort plays that you like to see out of, out of your centers. Um, and it wasn't just him. Like, I, I think the strength of this team, obviously they have uh, Wesley Jefferson Swint in net, who is one of, if not the top 07 goaltender in the state, uh, you know, Jefferson Swint uh, played on the, what was it? The five nations tournament team for the U S earlier this month. Um, and I'll get into that a little bit more later on, but, you know, outside of him being the backbone of this team, I think you could see, uh, Spencer and I'm blanking on his first name, uh, Wade, Braden Wade, uh, between Wade and Spencer, they have two really good, really hardworking, um, really sound centers in the middle of their lineup, which if you, if you have that, like if you have really good center play it'll make up for a lot of deficiencies in other areas. You know, if, if, um, if your wingers aren't good at picking up pucks off the boards or not moving their feet on a four check, or, uh, you know, maybe your defensemen aren't as engaged in the corners and, and on puck retrievals and things like that. If you have very, um, busy, very energetic centers like Wade, like Spencer, it'll make up for some of those deficiencies you may or may not, you know, may have throughout the rest of your lineup. So, um, so those were two guys really stood out to me. Uh, another one I liked a lot was, uh, is it Quentin? Quentin Flores? I think, it, yeah, Quentin is his first name. Um, real thick, solid defenseman. Um, foot, footwork was pretty good, especially given his size. Um, you know, I, I thought he moved super well, was a really nice, had a real nice effort under pressure. Um, I mentioned that aggressive forecheck that MHA w was throwing at VH. It gave him fits breaking out of the zone. VH had some trouble, some trouble and struggles um, where they'd break up one side, break out one side. It would get broken up. Scrum ensues on the half wall. Puck goes back in. They break out the other side. Like it was a long process for them to try and get out of the zone. And there was a couple instances where I thought Flores um, kind of collected the puck under pressure guy in guy in his face or applying pressure. And he, and he kind of pulled it back and just kind of surveyed the situation a little bit, kind of took a breath. Everybody reset, you know, reset wingers came back, center got back in position. He moved it D to D and then they were able to get out clean. You know, I saw him do that two or three times. Um, and, and, and under duress or under pressure, he kind of took that extra half second to pause, relax. All right, guys, let's get under control. Let's, let's set back up and, and, uh, and do this right before we start rushing into more mistakes. Um, so he was one defenseman I, I liked a lot too. Um, let me see here. Da, 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 da. You know, Chase Reed was another, you know, if, if we're looking at some of the higher end prospects on this team too, you know, I mentioned Jefferson Swint. Reed was another one that was on that US at Team USA. Uh, that played earlier this month at Five Nations. Uh, I believe they went three and one at that tournament. And, um, you know, Reed, let me see, I have it here somewhere. Uh, you know, Reed had two goals, two assists in, in four games there at the tournament. Jefferson Swint had two starts. 
uh, a two five goals against average and an eight eight six save percentage. Pretty good numbers, can you know for both of them when you consider the competition level that would have been at that tournament, uh, the international component to it, and, and all that. So, uh, will be interesting to see uh, what they do moving forward for VH this season as well. I didn't. Jefferson Swint was in net against MHA, but like I said, wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't contested or challenged too frequently like it was it was kind of a like i said a slow ugly choppy game uh for mha where you're gaining the zone you're putting a puck on net or quick turnover and it's a long range shot from the half wall some of that stuff so i don't know how much uh jefferson swint was was ultimately tested in that game um and then chase reed obviously like i said i love his intangibles he's a big tall kid good reach you love to see some of that out of out of defensemen because you just can't coach that um, and a kid his size to skate as fluidly and as well as he does, that, that's another feather in the cap for sure, too. Um, I love the way that kid walks the blue line in the offensive zone. Uh, footwork, like footwork and transition, I think at times can be a little clunky where he's going from forward to backward or something like that. Um, if you can be a little more straight line um, efficient, I guess I'll say. But uh, but ultimately, I mean, really great feet all around. You know, the the whole transition stuff might even be a little nitpicky, but um, you know, the way he moves the moves walks the blue line is is pretty impressive too. Um, and love the way he finds shooting lanes to to get a puck through and and all that. Does it pretty effortlessly, pretty pretty with ease, and uh, and a fun one to watch off of that team too. So. Uh, let me see before I get too far into some other stuff. Where was I? I'm losing my place. I got too many sheets open. I have like 35 tabs open on this thing. Um, but uh, let's see here. Where was I? Um, you know, the five, the five to one finish to, like I said, that even what I watched, it felt a lot closer um five to one i think would kind of lead you to believe it was a pretty lopsided or, or a, uh, a dominant game i didn't get that impression like i said it was pretty good back and forth um i think it was will keen in that for mha there might be a, a goal or two he wishes he had back where it just kind of bled through or or um uh you know like i was just one of those as a goalie you, you typically want back where he's like i should have had that one or, or something like that so um, I just, I don't think that score is indicative of what the game was, but, um, but ultimately a, a good one, like I said, for, for Michigan hockey as a whole. Uh, let me see here. I think Wade, as I'm looking at the Wade ended up, you know, it wasn't really a tournament in the truest form. It was just kind of a showcase, not even a round robin, really just, uh, you know, some teams played four games, some played three, it was a bit of a hodgepodge, um, but ultimately pretty, pretty good level competition. I think VH ended up going four and O in amongst 16s. Uh, Braden Wade led the division in score or scoring. Uh, Braden Wade led the division in scoring uh, five goals, nine points in four games. Uh, so that's super solid. Spencer was up there as well. I think he had eight points. Uh, and then Nolan Kaminsky as well, uh, seven assists and, and eight points total. So um, I did, you know, I'll give you a bit of a rundown as far as performance, how teams did. Let's see here. 14s, Fox Motors went three and one as well. Um, the 15s, Fox Motors went three and one. 
NHA Black, which would have been the 15s, went two and two. Um, 16s went three and one for uh, Fox Motors. NHA 16s went two and two. Uh, so that's all pretty good, pretty competitive hockey. And there's some good, even aside from the Michigan programs, you know, you got the the Junior Predators. Uh, I saw Seacoast Performance Academy. I know they're super, they're they're a good solid program out of the East Coast. Team Minnesota. Um, so there's some good clubs that were here as well. Good competition. Uh, let's see. Honey baked. What is this? Honey baked 18s went one and two in three games. But um, but yeah. So I gotta like I said, there's some teams I still got to get to. Some some games I wanna I wanna look at. Uh, from this weekend and and kind of start piecing some things together as well. But uh, let me see. Just want to make sure I'm not missing anything as I start to put a bow on this. Let me see. 28 minutes. I thought I was going to be a little shorter than that, but uh, yeah, we're on a pretty good clip with these podcasts, about 30 minutes. I don't know if that's too long, too short for the average listener. Do you want quick a quick hitter, 15 minutes and we're good. You're looking at me to, to stretch this out. Maybe we go into an hour and I really get into more players or matchups, uh, things like that. But triple uh, A season, the hockey season's upon us people. <laughs> I've been saying it, I think for at least two episodes now, but um, crazy to think, you know, September is here this weekend. Um, I started plugging in the some of the AAA schedules and information I could find on my calendar and it's about to be full go from here on out um which is fun I, I think we'll get to we'll finally get to get into some of this cool content I've been teasing for a little bit um matchups previews players to watch uh predictions all that fun stuff so the more I get my calendar filled out we can start projecting and, and looking out ahead uh I, I will mention uh, any high school coaches, I'm welcome, welcoming any and all schedules. If you haven't sent me already, I know I've heard from a good amount of not just coaches, but players as well. Hey, did my coach get you this? If he didn't, here it is. Uh, some of that stuff. So if you have those schedules, please get them to me as soon as you can. I'd love to take a look. would love to start circling some dates on the calendar uh, and make sure I don't miss anything. Uh, some of the important dates out there. So, uh, okay, we'll put a bow on this. A lot more to come what do we got here um what's on the horizon the sweden hockey trophy is this weekend i don't know if anybody's familiar with that sweden hockey trophy uh i won't <laughs> i won't spend any time on it on this pod or the next one but uh very high level what is that u12 13 u12 through u16 uh sweden youth hockey actually a pretty good event it's pretty cool um but I won't have eyes on that. I won't be won't be dialed into that. Uh, Labor Day this weekend. What do we got coming up? Uh, Maha Tier One Showcase is next weekend. Uh, let's see. MDHL is back in action. I did mention the MDHL uh, heading to Minnesota in two weeks. MHA will be in action as well. Like there's there's just a lot coming up. We're starting to get into into the thick of it. So, uh, all right. PD's picks. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Here on YouTube, like, subscribe, um, tell a teammate, tell a coach, tell your parents, like and subscribe as well. Uh, we're doing big things, exciting things on YouTube, uh, so be sure to check that out. Uh, go to pdspicks.com. You can find 
everything I've written, player profiles, uh, tournament recaps. I'll put something together here for uh, for the kickoff classic as well and, and do a bit of a write-up on some of the players that stood out to me and, and maybe go into even a little bit more depth uh, than I did here today as well. So be sure to check that out, pdspicks.com. Uh, if you go to backslash players, that will show you all of the players that I have um, analysis on so far. I've got a lot in documents and Google Sheets. I just need to migrate that to the website. So it's in progress. Uh, that backslash players page will be updated in real time. Uh, and, and I'll continue to add players to that mix as well. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, anything else for the website? What was I missing? Uh, I think that's it. Anyways, like, subscribe. I'll see you guys next week.